This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Well, hello and good evening and a happy new year to you. I trust that your 2021 will be blessed and uh, that God will prosper you in all things. And uh, it's my privilege to be speaking to you tonight. And, you know, we've had a, a, a tough year, 2020, and there's some challenges lying ahead for this year as well. And I hope that the words that I'm going to be sharing with you today will be an encouragement for you. Uh, a few weeks ago, the first week of January, I had a TV interview with LMTV, a French television station, and they asked me what is my view of 2020, or how would I summarize 2020? And I said to them, I think 2020 was for me like a year of loss. I think many people have suffered different kinds of loss. Um, and we've, in a sense, lost time also. There were so many opportunities uh, that we had to postpone, things that we wanted to do that we had to postpone till another time. But in terms of loss, people have lost friends, family. Uh, just this week, we've lost our dear brother, evangelist Stephen Lungu. And so many others have lost loved ones and colleagues. Many people have lost money. Um, others have lost jobs. Uh, some friendships have suffered um, just because of, you know, the distance between us and the lack of connections times. Uh, these are many things that we've lost. And also some people have lost spiritually. We've lost um, marriages that have crumbled and have experienced great challenges. Many people have drifted away from God uh, and some people have drifted away from their calling just because we are in this hole where we're sitting isolated and in isolation, the devil is walking around and he can devour like a lion. That's what he does. He, he isolates. Uh, a lion isolates uh, one animal from the pack. And once that animal is separated from the pack, then the, the lions would zoom in on that animal. And so the Bible says that Satan roams around around like a roaring lion and um, that's his strategy so i'm not sure if you've experienced loss of course it's not been all doom and gloom last year um, you know we've had so many testimonies it's been wonderful to see how shofar stellenbosch in particular and many of the other shofar churches have jumped in to help students in need to help families in need and and just the way in which people care and i noticed that churches that uh, gave towards uh, meeting the needs of those in need and the poor were the churches that uh, suffered the, the least uh, financial losses. Everybody suffered losses. All churches did. Um, but those who were sowing were also reaping. And I just want to commend the Stellenbosch congregation for the way in which you have loved your neighbors, the way in which you've served this town, and the way that you've helped and blessed one another. And I encourage you to continue doing that even more so. Um, we've seen so many testimonies of God healing people, of God providing for people. Many fantastic things happen. But I want to focus today a little bit on, on those who feel that you have experienced some kind of loss, any of those different kinds of losses. And, and what does the Bible say about that? And, and how can we look forward to 21 with hope and without fear? Um, what kind of things can we learn from scriptures. Um, so I'm going to start off with, with spiritual loss, and I'm going to look at the Apostle Peter. Um, just before Jesus was crucified, they had the 
last meal and Peter was very brave and he said, you know, that he would never deny Jesus. Uh, Jesus said to them, you will all fall away. And they said, no, 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 it's not going to happen. And we read from Matthew 26, verse 33 to 35. Uh, Peter answered and said to Jesus, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. That's an interesting last phrase there. That all the disciples said the same thing. But, but Peter was vehement in the fact that he said, I will not deny you even if I have to die. And Jesus still said, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And so just a few hours later, it's not even that many hours later, we read in Luke chapter 22, verse 60 to 62, um, whilst uh, Jesus was in captivity and uh, Peter was hanging around the campfire close to where Jesus was and three different people confronted him and said, hey, but you are one of Jesus' disciples. And three times he denied him. We're going to read from the third uh, time that he denied Jesus. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now, I can just imagine why Peter wept so bitterly. He loved Jesus. He was so committed to Jesus. He was passionate about following Jesus. Jesus as the person, Jesus as the king and the cause of Christ. Um, all of these things were so close to his heart and he, he tried so hard to say, I will not deny Jesus. And yet he did. Yet he failed. And I think he experienced a great sense of loss. I can just imagine how painful it must have been to look in the eyes of Jesus in that moment and realize, oh, I've just done what I said I would never do. And I can imagine him feeling that he's lost his calling, that he's lost his relationship with Jesus, that he's lost from God. Um, I think he must have thought there is no hope. I think the only guy that had it worse was Judas, um, who betrayed Jesus. But I'm using Peter's example of someone that, that really lost his way with Jesus in a big way. And you may have lost your way with Jesus or the intimacy that you had with God, uh, your prayer times, your your times in connection with him, um, or your pursuit of the calling of God upon your life, or just simply fellowshipping with other believers. Whichever ways you may have lost your way spiritually, we can look at Peter and, and realize that he's been in a very bad place and yet... God had mercy. Jesus had mercy upon him. And in the same way that Jesus had mercy upon G on Peter, he would have mercy on you and me and everybody else. Um, so let's pick up the story um, in John chapter 21, verse 15 to 19. This is now after the resurrection and uh, Jesus is reconnecting with, with some of the disciples. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, 
You know that I love you, he said to him. Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked to where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Now, this is how Jesus restored Peter in the beginning when he called him by the seashore. And he said to him, the first word that Jesus said to them is, follow me. And they left their fishing nets and they followed Jesus. And, and that was the start of their journey, being one of the 12 apostles, one of the guys that's going to sit on an eternal throne and judge one of the 12 tribes of Israel for all eternity. He is one of the top 12 followers of Christ in all eternity. And, and this guy lost it. And at the end, Jesus said the same thing that he said in the beginning, follow me. And those are the words that Jesus is saying to you and me today. And no matter which way you have lost your connection with Jesus or your way with Jesus, um, you can always return and, and listen to the words of Jesus when he says, follow me. In other words, Jesus will accept you. He will return to you. He will, he will connect with you and restore what has been lost. But we must listen to the words of Jesus. He said, follow me, which in other words, become a disciple once more and make disciples again as you have been instructed. In the book of Revelation, when one of the churches lost their first love, uh, Jesus said to them, if you want to be restored, you need to go back to the first things. In other words, what is it that you did at the beginning? How did you love Jesus at the beginning? How did you follow him? And we follow him by, by studying the word, by obeying the word, by listening to his voice, by being part of the, the community of believers and pursuing the kingdom of God together. And, and that's how we're following him and at the same time teaching others to do the same. Because if you're a disciple, you need to be a disciple maker. Um, but I want to encourage you, do not give up. At this time, just come and cry before the Lord. Just say, Lord, like Peter, I have failed. Lord, like Peter, I have drifted. I have not met my expectations. I have not met your expectations. Or sometimes we think we've, we've failed Jesus' expectations. Maybe his expectations is not as high as we have of ourselves. But nevertheless, there's always hope. Jesus' arms is always ready to receive us back, no matter how far we've drifted. And if you have drifted in any way, I want to encourage you tonight. Go down on your knees and pray and say, Lord, I want to reconnect. I want to follow you like never before, more than ever. And from this, I want to just move on to physical loss. Those who have lost things physically you've lost loved ones you've lost possessions jobs money or whatever it may be now i want to just talk about the causes of loss for a moment because sometimes people find it difficult to ask the question but why why is this happening and and i don't have all the answers but i want to give you some answers i think there are different reasons for loss uh, firstly it can be the result of your own bad decisions and choices that you've made um, it can be god's discipline we're going to come back that, to that in a moment it can be Satan who came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Or it can be the beginning of end-time prophecies being fulfilled as destruction starts to fill the earth. 
uh, or it can be a combination of these many things. So it may be that, you know, we are approaching the end times and, and we are seeing things happening, but maybe some of these other things are also uh, playing a factor in your life. So I want to just talk about COVID-19. Uh, is COVID-19 something that God has sent to the earth to punish us? I don't think so, because this is not a matter of discipline. It's not one person or one nation. When we read about discipline in the Bible, it's because a person or a people group disobeyed God, walked away from God, lost their way with God, and he disciplined them, and they repented and returned to him. And this is COVID-19 is something that is striking the entire world, whether you've been faithful or not. We are all vulnerable to it. So I don't think this is a matter of God's discipline. I think more it's it's a matter of two things. It's firstly a sign that the end times are coming near because Jesus said in the last days there will be pestilences and all kinds of calamities that will take place. And this may be the start of some of those things. And secondly, I believe it would be uh, Satan coming to kill, to steal and to destroy, to bring destruction. And Jesus clarified this in John chapter 10, verse 10 to 11, when he said, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And in this time, I want you to know that Jesus is ready to give himself to you. He's already given his life to you. But, but when he says, I'm the good shepherd, I'm the one who's willing to give my life. He's saying, I'm willing to protect you no matter what the cost to me. And so at these times, we need to hold on to Jesus, grab hold of him, cry out and say, Lord Jesus, save me or pray and intercede for those that you love around you. Romans 8 verse 18 says, For I consider the things of the, that the sufferings of this present times are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Uh, verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. In other words, no matter what the challenges is, that we are facing, we know that it is nothing compared to the glory that we're going to receive from God one day. And we also know that God makes all things work together to, to good for those who love him. That doesn't mean that he's causing a bad thing to happen so that something good can happen out of that. So whatever has caused this, whatever bad thing may be, and however it happened, God can take any bad situation and turn something good out of that. And we've seen so many testimonies last year of how God provided for people and healed people and restored people. So I want to just jump into Romans 8, 35 to 39, uh, where Paul continues and he speaks. He says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter, speaking about the uh, great persecution. And we're not persecuted in South Africa, but in other countries they are. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a magnificent word to know that nothing can separate us from God. No matter how many challenges comes, God is still with us. He can be, help us through that. And he might not take away all of those things, but he can help us through it and give us strength to bear the burdens that we need to bear at this time. So hold on to the Lord and do not give up hope. And now I just want to talk a little bit about 
those of us who might be in a season of discipline. In other words, it's not related to COVID-19. It's not related to what Satan is doing. It's, it's related more to our own actions or our withdrawal from the Lord in one way or another. And we're going to look at a, at a wonderful scripture uh, in Joel. And you could actually read the whole of the book of Joel just to get some background on this. But um, there's one line in that book that stands out for me, and it says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, Joel 2, verse 25. And oftentimes I've heard this quoted by preachers who would say that this means that God is going to restore years or time. And we're going to look at the scripture a bit closer, but that's not actually what it means. It's not a restoration of time itself. What happened was that the Israelites moved away from God. They were disobedient. Um, they stopped following him as they used to. And then God set in a time of discipline. Joel 1 verse 4 says, What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. So this speaks of four seasons or four years where different kinds of locusts have eaten the crops. Um, it's at least one year, but maybe it's four years in terms of because the Bible speaks, I'll restore the years, plural, that I have, uh, that you've lost. During this time, if you read the rest of Joel, they lost their crops. They lost a lot of things in terms of what they could eat. And, and they suffered financially as a result of that. Um, and, and let's listen to what Proverbs says about the discipline of the Lord in, in Proverbs 3, verse 11 to 12. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. And then in the, the writer of Hebrews uh, quotes that very same scripture in Hebrews 12, and then he continues from verse 7 to 9. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? Amen. So all of us, if we're children of God, will be disciplined sometime or another because we all stray. We all, we all lose our way sometimes, and we need to discern the times. When is it the times, like the end times? When is it the devil stealing? Um, and killing and destroying and mean to fight against that and pray against that. And, and when is it a time where we are actually being disciplined for our disobedience? You need to pray to God and ask him to give you discernment in terms of what are the things that you are experiencing. Um, but remember the scripture, John 10, Satan comes to kill and steal and destroy. Jesus comes to give you give life. But in this season that Israel was in, they had four years of basically famine because the locusts eat eaten everything. And, and then God speaks to them about a time of restoration. And he, he says to them how they need to be restored. In Joel chapter 2, verse 12 to 14, he says, Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. 
So God is speaking and he's saying to the Israelites at the time, and he's saying to you and me today, whenever we encounter a season of discipline, he says, when, you, when you're in that season of discipline, turn your heart. Tear your heart, not your garments. In other words, it's not your outward show and the outward manifestation of, of oh, I'm so sorry, Lord. Uh, and, and whatever demonstration you do in the front of a church when there's an altar call, you know, we, we can do that. And altar calls is great and awesome to respond practically and physically, just walking forward and going on our knees and crying out to the Lord. But it's, it's more than that. Je- Jesus is saying, and God the Father is saying, he says, rend your heart. It's about tearing your heart apart and changing your heart, changing your heart from the things that have distracted you, the things that have taken you away, the things that have caused you to follow, to fall into disobedience and, and turn away from those things. Turn your heart back to God and, and follow him again, as he said to Peter, follow me, follow the word, follow the voice of God and return to me with all your heart, God is saying. And, and he's saying, who knows, there may be a blessing that, that comes your way as you turn to him. But what stands out for me is also is God's mercy. And I want to sort of end off the last part of my message today by just focusing on God's mercy. The fact that God never gives up, he never loses hope, and, and we may be in terrible places in our lives, but nevertheless, he's always there to help us. I'm thinking of the time when the Apostle Peter was trying to walk on water. In fact, he did in the beginning. He walked on water and then he saw the waves and, and he was scared of the waves and the wind and, and, and fear is the opposite of faith. And so the more his fear grew, the less his faith became and he started to sink. And, and Jesus did not uh, leave him there. He didn't abandon him when he lost faith. And maybe you are in that place as well where you have lost faith. And, and I've experienced some challenges in my life where, uh, you know, in certain instances, I've started to lose faith in, is God really going to provide? Is, is God really going to be uh, with us in this and in that? And um, I want to encourage you. Never lose hope, never lose faith, because God does not lose hope and faith in you. No matter how much we fail, no matter how much we lose faith, he will never lose faith. And I just remember in that scripture how Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed Peter and he pulled him up from the water and then went back to the boat. And, and I often ask people the question, so how did Peter get back to the boat? The Bible doesn't say that Jesus carried him. I think Peter walked back on the water with Jesus. In other words, Jesus restored him, picked him up, and in that his faith was restored. As Jesus reached out, the touch of Jesus, the connection with Jesus, is what restored his faith. And you and I need to reach out now more than ever to touch the hem of Jesus' garment, to look into his eyes, to hear his voice, to, to know his love, to know his mercy. To know that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And in that moment, trusting him that our faith will be fully restored. That we can walk on water like Peter did. That we can overcome whatever challenges we may face. And that whatever faith we may have lost will be fully regained and so much more. Let's jump back to Joel chapter 2 verse 23 um, to 25. Be glad then, you children of God, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. 
The threshing floors shall be full of wheat. The vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust, the great army which I sent among you. So God is clarifying here and he's saying that whatever the, those four groups of locusts over different years have eaten, that is what he will restore. Time, unfortunately, is something we can't get back. But whatever we have lost through what the devil has stolen, through what the times of the season has done, or what we may have lost through disobedience or wrong choices, God can restore things in multiple years that we have lost to make up for that. And so you and I need to put out our faith to say, yes, Lord, I want to receive the years that the locust has stolen from me. I want to receive the things that in those lost years has been stolen from me, whether it's been family time or a marriage that's been struggling or your relationship with God or a job or finances. Trust God with all your heart that in due time he will restore because he is the restorer of all things. Jesus, in fact, said that he makes all things new. That's his grand plan in terms of eternity, making all things new. And even here on earth, he can make things new. Let's close off with um, Psalm 145, verse 8 to 9. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all of his works. God will never give up on you or me and the people around you. Maybe you have started this, this year full of faith, full of excitement, and you don't feel like you've lost anything. But I want to tell you that people around you have. And we need to take the word of God and bring hope to each one who have lost that hope, to, to bring faith to those who have lost faith, to bring courage to those who have lost courage. And as we stand together as a body of believers, uh, sowing and reaping and, and living a con upon the principle of sowing and reaping, uh, in whatever forms, it may be money, it could be serving, it could be whatever way you will be sowing. But if we all sow, we will all reap in one way or another. And as this body looks after one another, we will, we will get through this. And we will have, indeed, a prosperous 2021. No matter when the vaccine comes, and no matter when financial relief comes, because it will still be a time, in the natural, there will still be a time before there's restoration, before things will return to some kind of normal. But with God, all things are possible. I want to just encourage you to not lose hope and go read up on, on some of the stories of restoration. Job is one of those stories, but people sometimes struggle to understand the story of Joseph. Uh, Job. But, but we see Joseph being restored. We see the seven years of famine, the seven years of plenty, and how the, the body was mobilized. The entire Egypt was mobilized to save up for the time uh, when they needed it in, in, in the, the year of famine. And then go and read maybe Second Kings chapter six and seven and eight, which is, tells the story of Israel being under siege, and they were so hungry and they had no food that they even ate dove poo, and one two ladies ate one of their children together. That's how terrible it was. And God said, "In one day, I will restore you." And God did that. Go and read the story of Second Kings chapter six. That's a message on another day, but literally in one day. They went from super hungry to having a complete abundance and being richer than they've ever been. God can do it. And the man that did not believe that God could do that, he was trampled in the gates. And, and the prophet said to him, you will see 
this with your eyes, but you will not taste of it. And I don't want any of us to be like that man, to have doubt and be trampled in the gate and to see others being blessed but not receiving themselves. And this is not a matter of comparison. Don't compare yourself with others in terms of what blessings they receive and, and you haven't. You follow God, reach out to Him and grab hold of the hem of Jesus like that woman who was bleeding for 12 years. Uh, many people touched Jesus that day, but they didn't all get healed. She got healed and the power of Jesus left him and went into her, the dunamis power, to bring healing. And Jesus said, it's because of your faith that you've been made well. But before that, it's also because you reached out and touched Jesus. So I pray that you will touch Jesus today and that you'll walk in the power of God this year. May he strengthen you and bless you and have his mercy upon you every day. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for all those listening to this message, and I pray that them and their households and their families and friends will be touched by your great mercy, by your great power. Thank you, God, that you never leave us, that you never forsake us, that you're with us until the end of the age, and that no matter how many challenges we have, we know that the love of God cannot be separated from us. We cannot be separated from you, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray that you bring today hope, that you bring faith, and those of us who need to turn our hearts, Lord, I pray that you give us insight into the, the weaknesses of our heart, the, the sins of our heart, the, the darkness in our heart, that we may tear our hearts and not our garments, that we may turn to you with, with sincerity and, and be restored. As you restored Peter, as you restored so many others, Lord, I pray for a day of restoration. I pray, Lord, for a year of restoration. I pray for your church. Let your church be healed and let your church and your people be prospered even in the midst of great calamity, even in the midst of great uncertainty, that your people will not lose hope, will not lose faith in the mighty name and the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.